Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Udang dhammang sanggang namasami So many times in our lives and in meditation we're looking for the right response to what arises. Mm. The right way to deal with or to manage or to seek the best or to seek the most uh, stable in whatever arises. Mm. Pretty fundamental instinct, interest. And yeah, and that's something that we follow through with in meditation practice, seeking that which is the most stable, which gives us the most um, full, least suffering, essentially, <laughs> least stress, most comfort. Uh, and this is a matter of finding the right response to what arises. What can be just skimmed off as irrelevant, not necessary. Uh, what has to be met with a counter response. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, driving out hostility with an intention of goodwill, for example. Mm. Restraining uh, craving pulling it back rather than acting upon it rather than following through on it. Mm. And then there are also um, yeah, more powerfully, more, more completely the realization of the ending of suffering is through um, insight and deep understanding penetration of experience. So not really through a re- response that uh, directs one to where a different kind of response can occur, which is in a way the straight direct response of citta rather than the person. So so the well-intentioned person can indeed, with some understanding and some reflection, recognize, yeah, this is a bad habit, I've got to stop doing this, this, uh, you know, Drinking or smoking or lying or you know overindulgence, I can pull it. But I can pull back on that mm, actions. But uh, one intention person cannot necessarily, by their own actions, dispel anxiety, uh, emotional overwhelm, um, depression, sadness, mm, feeling helpless, mm, feeling alone, feeling isolated feeling there's something wrong with them. Their intentions, their actions cannot do that. They can take one out of that domain by, as you say, skillful, say a skillful advertence, recognizing I just can't manage this, therefore I will put forth the effort to, you know, bring my mind to another territory, another domain. And that's really <coughs> pretty essential to know what one can handle, what one can't manage, and where the, the resources just aren't there to cope, to manage, to deal with that. Mm. So then we, with, our, with a growing sense of humility, one recognizes, yeah, I do need actually some structure to contain that or some 
push to get me out of that, you know, or to shift into something else, or to rise up, to move over, um, you know, to, to bring forth, even if I don't feel really altogether, you know, delighted with it. <laughs> and so that's why I went to a monastery, <laughs> in a way. Uh, and uh, much to my surpri- rather to my surprise, mm. particularly because I'm actually like allergic to sense restraint. <laughs> it makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a personal; it's just a natural feature <laughs> of the system. <laughs> it's used to be anyway. <laughs> Because I'm so embedded in it, you know, that separation is like a two. So, okay, you just, well, can't do this. So somewhere where it's held in, even if it's pretty miserable at times. <laughs> and it's surprising to, to recognize this kind of decision comes up. Where did that come from? Yeah. Mm. So... But then, you know, you look for that right response, which is often not really uh, where one would expect it. Um, Something intuitive, an aha moment. Mm. That's a priceless moment, because this means we have actually touched citta, uh, choiceless, uh, uh, and it has deep, it has deep resonance, it doesn't argue it just states, you know, there's no doubt about it. Mm. And you come into that. And every time you come into that, you, you realize you've got to, you know, you've got to trust it. Um, this way out of suffering is worthwhile. It, it takes you into hardship. Mm. And there isn't a way out, the person that doesn't have a way out of suffering. There's a way to avert it how to cope with it, how to manage it, but it doesn't have a way out because the person actually is a, a, a formation <coughs> that jitta develops in the social domain that helps them to manage you know, the nature of existence, conditioned existence, which is, you know, things arise, things pass, things are separated from us. We experience that separation, therefore there's sense of loss, uncertainty, insecurity, uh, bereavement, uh, need, hunger, searching for, that's not comfortable. Mm. So so the person arises to just keep little ways and means open to to not have to go into that that, uh, experience. That's that's kind of re- that's quite that's acceptable, but then as you practice, as you cultivate, as you gain some strength and some insights, as the supportive faculties, the sadindriya, viriindriya, satindriya, the indriyas of awakening start to come in, then uh, actually you know you you cl- want to find your abiding place much closer to the edge of what is challenging. Just drawing closer to that, mm. drawing closer to those. Because this is where you don't want to go into it, but you want to draw close to it. Mm. And uh, so this is the place where you can, holding your ground, holding your resources, strengthened in your indrias, you can not get pulled into the compulsive reactions that the person makes to... Yeah. To a, to a, to form conditioned responses, and there is can be with time and skill and bearing with a process whereby the chitta moves out, uh, realizes dispassion, detachment, ceasing nibbana. Mm. It's not actually in this conditioned thing actually in aging sickness and death aging sickness death the buddha says one knows the arising of it 
We know the ceasing of birth, aging, sickness and death. So where's that, you know? <laughs> mm. uh, so this is uh, the, see the chitter of an awakened one. Mm. Realizing these things happen to chitta. These things are, these experiences, phenomena, the fading, the endings, the breaking up of things that chitta can, has to, you know, travel through, if you like, or travels through the chitta, mm. and gets reactive around that. You know, even reacting to the death of another one is a very powerful reaction. So the shaking, the trembling, the agitation occurs around that, mm. let alone one's own. Mm. So, then the, but the awakened chitta actually bears presence with that instead of going into it. Mm. Um, there's presence with the clinging, the clutching, the craving, the reflex responses, the sudden flarings up of depression, despair, fear, anger, anxiety, these kind of sudden rushes that can come through, panics, mm. uh, feeling lost, feeling alone, okay. These are areas that, that can open for us. Mm. Mm. They're part of, we say, this is a part of the terrain of samsara, of one's faring on. Mm. And they have to be, and the, the insight realization is not through um, going into them, nor through staying out of them, but being at the edge where you can maintain presence in them as they manifest and it kind of unplugs them they 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 take into discharge mm. uh, so this is what this necessity of um, sati mindfulness and strong mindfulness to be able to hold the one's presence in you know without wavering mm. The sati is a very necessary factor for awakening. Holding presence. And the point is to um, recognize, you know, one's mindfulness can be just about anything really. One can bear almost anything in mind. Mm. You know, from the small, micro, you know, you can, it's just the natural function of mind. So mindfulness is not so special, really. It's a natural function. Everybody has some degree of it. It's one of those universal characteristics. The specific thing is, what is the mind? <laughs> you know, what are you bearing in mind? And, uh, you know, and there are many, many different domains and dimensions in that. It's not certainly not just the thinking system. There's the emotional system. There's the psychic system. Psychic yeah, it means the very sense of being has qualities in it. And this is where we begin to you know, bear in mind or reflect upon these indriyas. And these represent, some of them represent different um, you know, psychic domains, you might say, uh, such as somanasa, uh, domanasa, the domain of feeling happy, domain of feeling unhappy, very simply speaking. These are kind of condensations. But, um, and uh, the, the different elements, dhatu, kaya dhatu, mano dhatu, Mind, stuff of mind, manovinyana dhatu, the stuff of the mind consciousness. Consciousness itself is an element. Mm. So we contemplate the element of consciousness. Whether it's happy or unhappy, whether it's carrying that, whether it's led by happiness or unhappiness. Mm very simply speaking. 
So, look at the, if you go through the Dhatu, just touching into that, the sense of solidity and liquid and heat, cohesion, energy, vigor, the fire element, movement, the air element, cohesiveness, water element, spaciousness, openness, space element, consciousness, consciousness element. Conscious element, and the sequential of the consciousness element begins to become clear when you cultivate the space element. As the space element becomes more apparent, first of all, it's not apparent at all. We maybe feel earth, or we feel fire. We feel that's where we are in it. We are it. And then you sense, oh, there's also this sense of space, obvious space, physically around me, subtle space, a sense of spaciousness, a sense of no absence of pressure. And as that begins to open, then you're noticing consciousness. And consciousness is mind consciousness in this respect carries particular potencies. So as we open, we notice the potency of feeling first of all curious, perhaps. Sense of openness, spaciousness, and then resonances. Uh, happiness, unhappiness, grief, anxiety, feeling strangely stirred, uh, uncertain, doubt, qualities of this. Uh, and then this unconsciousness as it unfolds will begin to unpack the psychic potencies. And so you find yourself suddenly remembering something painful. Where did that come from? Remembering something you have to do. Where did that come from? Something's really bothering you. Where did that come from? Something you don't like about yourself. Where did that come from? Hmm? Came from mind consciousness. It starts to unpack. And these anutsaya, these potencies, potentials for restlessness, ill will, becoming, and so on, craving, start to unfold. We suddenly find ourselves the fantasy of, you know, where it was five years ago, how it could be somewhere else. Where did that come from? And Kirk could say, oh, it's just in my mind. Well, where's that? And how come it wasn't there ten minutes ago? What brought it into mind? was latent tendencies in consciousness. And by and large, consciousness is normally so enclosed with sights and sounds and touches and activities that it doesn't really unfold. You know, you're just getting more and more stuff piled on top of it. (coughs) Meditation is a renunciation practice whereby you just trim all that off, the activities and the... by itself, that, like it or not, <laughs> sometimes you don't like it at all, it starts to open up. And there's perhaps a moment of feeling, oh, this is rather oh, nice not to be having to do so much. It's really pleasant. Breathing, oh, now I remember all these things I've got to do. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> you know? really pleasant not to have to deal with lots of stuff and comfortable people around and then suddenly feeling anxious feeling somehow I feel not feel hostility I'm not liked uh, I don't know I don't feel comfortable with people here uh, where did that come from yeah and so you know the the uh, unawakened mind really believes oh it's him or her or this or that that's bothering me or this really needs to be done and there's always some yeah and yet where did it come from where did it bubble up from yeah in when it's quiet people are sitting still where did it come from yeah. you don't examine that necessarily and how did it arise at this time because consciousness element mind is, is unfolding and these potencies, these anutsaya, start vibrating, start singing, siren songs. Uh, 
Yeah, come here, come here. Engage, 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 engage. Yeah, and then the, then this is and it starts getting activated, and then boom, we find a focus, and the mind leaps onto some thing and makes something which yeah makes it into big big thing. Uh, very very characteristic experience of retreats. Find yourself going mad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and on a personal level, you think this is weird because it is. But on the psychic domain, that's that's what you're opening up, and it can be quite a surprise. Uh, but then with some understanding and some practice you begin to sense those potencies and okay now what can you be mindful of at such a point what what object do you take to not let your energy magnify that not let your reflexes cathect and cathart around that it's not the thought isn't going to do it. Yeah. So, but fortunately, with some understanding, just bear in mind this jitta, from which is now in the experience of consciousness, is body based. So, can I come into this body as wholly and as completely and with as great a stability as possible? If this means, you know, you're standing up on my feet, firming up, do that. It doesn't have to be that subtle. You want something that's very clear and strong, strong enough to act as a mooring post. So then you feel the pull of these tendencies. They're not going to give up easy. It's like, you know, the story of uh, the Odysseus, you know, when he's going through these, past these sirens, he, he has to get himself tied to the mast of the ship. <laughs> it's a good image for mindfulness. It's like it's not just you listen to the siren songs, which are calling, "Come over onto the rocks." It's lovely over here, and he wants to go there. So he tells his men to tie him to the mast so he can't go through, can't act. And that's a bit like sati. It acts like a bar, a pole. Tie, tether yourself to it, and you can feel this kind of. Oh, I can't. I can't. Just stay, 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 feet, stay, and then you come through, and the siren song is broken, the power of it, the hypnosis of it, the spell of it, and that's always the story, and how the witch's spell is broken, through standing in the presence of it, and not getting into it. So we use, then we use that and, uh, you know, that takes great uh, faith because it doesn't seem like you're doing anything, not dealing with it. Uh, and having faith in yourself, it's not that you're doing something wrong or something fundamentally wrong with you, you know, but because uh, it's just that the person cannot cope with this. But you're not just the person. <laughs> you have these transpersonal factors and they, they, what, that's what take you to Nibbana, not the person. Mm. But the transpersonal is embedded in the personal. It's not somewhere else. It's not like we have to be somebody else. We be who we are on a personal level and within that you find the personal is the karma packet, the package of karma. It's good. Yeah, some good, obviously. A lot of good to be able to do this kind of thing. A lot of courage, a lot of strength, a lot of resilience, a lot of aspiration, strong, good person. And yet, there's the anutsaya, latent tendencies that must be heard, understood, till their spell is broken. We come out of, it's called nipita, literally something like disenchantment. <laughs> you know, the enchantment is gone. <laughs> Uh, 
One is under the hypnosis of it. Mm. So what is con- the consciousness element? The consciousness property, the, uh, the conditioned consciousness property is conditioned. Avijapachaya sankara. Sankaras are p- potencies, dynamic activities, potentials, formative tendencies, karma creations. You know, there's these kind of words for it. Patterns, programs, I sometimes call them for to get a brief contemporary word. Programs that embed and formulate consciousness. So when we come into the consciousness property, then you recognize that's there. And it seems like it's out there. And I'm in here, and that's out there. And that's the basic uh, uh, person paradigm. I'm in here, that's out there. I'm in here, they're out there. Or I'm in here dealing with this happening in my body there. Or I'm here dealing with that which is in my mind there. I'm separate from it. Being separate from it, I've got to, I'm challenged by it. It's bothering me. I could try and get away from it. And you can if it's other people, of course, to a certain degree. But when it's in your own body and mind, where do you get away from it? So you've got to shut down or put something else on or... Yeah, or freak out. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, that's why we need that space, you know, space of uh, to find this inner resource, presence, deep presence, embodied presence, very simple quality. I sometimes associated with this, what I call the midline, the spinal axis. You know, it's a sense of an inner core. And you can't really feel it, but you, you can sense a potency in, in, in your embodiment, the life force itself, and the, s- the central quality of that. One sits with spine erect. That's why it's so, so often, you know, sitting up, standing up is the more conventional practices, sits with spine erect in order to enhance the upright axis where the vitality is the most balanced and awakened, you know, just in nature does that for us. So we come to that, just to sit, to stand, and to find that axis. And then stuff happens, and it's latent tendencies, and they may be familiar tendencies, uh, tendencies to get very agitated, tendencies to get despondent, despair, feel flat and impotent and useless, um, to feel needy and greedy, to seek reassurance, you know, and be so embarrassing on a personal level. <laughs> you know, because it's quite, sometimes it's quite childish, and because it is, not in a disparaging way, but it belongs to something that hasn't really properly grown up yet. It hasn't really found itself yet. It's still an unformed nervous uh, quality that hasn't found its true home yet. Mm. And so some of this may be kind of long-term also, you know. And definitely we can sense it in our, in, in our living space, you know, where you've, the person will tend towards particular tendencies and habits that sympathize or manage or cope with that tendency to take them off the edge of it. Mm. And what's coming back to this still point to check out is something in the environment and we really widen the space to say not just what I think I am as an independent being but the entire domain of my experience. Don't separate yourself from the room. Don't separate yourself from the atmosphere that you think is around you or you assume is around you. It's not around you. It is you. (laughs) It's not your person, but it's your psychic domain. And it presents all these shapes and colors and forms. That's the sensory overlay. But it's steeped with these uh, tendencies 
Some of them, of course, we have tendencies called parami, which are our strengths. We feel inspired, we feel uh, reassured, we feel comforted, we feel secure. Yeah, and sometimes we don't. So one of the principles of Dhamma practice is you keep focusing on your parami, your strong virtues, such as your patience, your kindness qualities, your um, resolution qualities, you see them around you and you resonate with them to build it up. That's why we use Buddha images, group retreats, chanting, just to provide to really provide sensory equivalents of those virtue, barami forming propensities that we have. We have the propensity for faith. We have the propensity for um, energy. Uh, we have the propensity for goodwill, for non-hostility and so forth, patience. And you know, it's just the result. Yeah, and certainly, much as I quite, you know, quite, being on one's own can have certain good qualities to it. Uh, and yet I always also found myself surprisingly <laughs> yeah, strengthened by the presence of other people who are just sitting. So there's the resonance. This is the, the patience, the resolution, the determination. And you're not thinking it, you just feel it in the room. Because there's a resonance there, a sign. And your chitta takes that in. And, oh, there it is. I can sense that. And you orient around that. And this definitely, Barami always take you back into presence. They're, they're, um, field effects uh, that take you back into presence. I know say I take you out of presence into the world of there and him and me and she and that and why I should be and why I'm not. No. Mm. So. So establishing parami is like, you know, you, you use a Dharma center, like this is a Dharma center. In some ways, it's just another piece of land, you know, with some buildings on it, and what's the big deal? But, <laughs> you know, but we you know, no, this is sacred place, Buddha rupas, images, shrines, you know, da 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 right. This is a place of generosity and people supporting, right. And you tune into that. And that awakens your sense of... Um, of uh, faith and determination, resolution, uh, and you resonate with that because it's helpful. It strengthens you. And you know, yeah, I know that. Mm. So there's a skill in that. Certainly that's why I went to a monastery without figuring it. It wasn't, a it wasn't something I figured out a lot. There's just knowing, you know, where I was just hanging out in cheap hotels, you know, with other bunches of bohemians wasn't really going to get me <laughs> very far in terms of meditation. <laughs> you know, this is no, 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 I know enough of that. You know, so just get, get somewhere where all that's cut off and then something you get the feeling of, oh, you, you know, your, your inst one's instinct towards that. Uh, Okay, right. And then of course you start projecting all the, and it's uh, come out wherever you are, you know, fault finding, um, ill will, hostility, they never do this right, and so she's lazy, and they're always late, and yada, yada, yada. The ill will starts leaking out. <laughs> you know, the craving, you know, sit in this little cootie on my own, Thailand and sitting there really hot, sticky, miserable, nothing to do, nobody to talk to. God, why is it so happy, so damned hard, you know? Sitting there, lonely, fed up, can't meditate, just trying, 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 trying. Focus on the breath, in, out, in, out, trying, trying, trying. Oh God, is this gun you know, and then you'd kind of hear somewhere from the village the sound of music and people were laughing. Think, that sounds like, why are they making such a hard work out of it? They're having a good time. 
you know, it's easy. People are quite, quite, quite happy. It's all right. Life is quite happy after all. Why make a problem? You know, it's okay. Just relax a bit, loosen up. You have a good time now and then. You know, so what? So he says, but you already did that. Oh. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes. oh, oh, yeah, you're right. I did all. I did all that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> trying, trying, trying. <laughs> this isn't it either, you know. So it's like that, you know. <laughs> Until you can find the place where there's a, you start to touch your chitta. I mean, it's not through trying. It's not through not trying. It's a particular kind of uh, energy, chanda. A lot of it's about just about gathering carefully, mature way, just gathering qualities that give you sense of respect, self-respect, confidence, ease, calm, contentment. Reflect a lot, bring your put, bring things into the mind that encourage that. Give careful attention to to phenomena, to senses, to visual objects, to conceptual objects, to chanting that whatever. Give careful attention to that where skillful qualities arise. It's such a simple teaching. Yeah. And pull your attention away with uns- from areas where unskillful qualities arise and skillful qualities decrease. And that's kind of ongoing theme of practice, isn't it? That's the resolution, that's the renunciation, that's the firming up, that's the patience embedding in that barami. And that's really, you know, Done with mindfulness and clear and full comprehension as you begin to, to get a sense of, well, no, that does that, that does that, that does that. Stay on track, stay on topic. And then firming it up till mindfulness and clear comprehension becomes formed into these four establishments of body, of chitta, uh, sorry, of body, of feeling, of chitta, and of dhammas. You're able to bare presence with those and it starts with mindfulness of body and uh, you know establishing that and so in the, in the sutta it says you know sitting with spine erect uh, cross-legged spine erect uh, having put aside covetousness and grief with regard to the world mm. Well, that's probably quite a few years of practice already. <laughs> Doesn't mean having resolved, just put, just, yeah, yep, put it aside, just put, yep. Can you find a place where you feel right here? Make your determination here, make your stand here. And then body. And bodies can be mindfully reflected upon, you know. Body's nature, physical body, nature to die, pass away, break up. You know, they're all about the same in that respect. Male bodies, female bodies, old bodies, young bodies, they all basically the same stuff. Slightly different, de- tweak the details, but that's about it. Uh, <laughs> so you're breaking, you know, the person comes out of the person into just more elemental quality. So this kind of culture where you come into more impersonal or, or, or universal qualities, such as nature of bodies, uh, this body, that body. So something changes. That's the over-personalization of body with all its you know, anxieties mostly. Does it look good enough? Is it nice enough? Is it too fat? Is it spotty? Whatever it is, what's its hair color? You know, things people can spend a lifetime getting caught up in. It's a body. Yeah. Yeah. And you could go into all the little details and see how it could be better or this, that, and the other. Or, you know, go that way. Where does that go? Or you could just come back to it's good enough. And into then you're coming into the one may say the really useful domain of body, which is the internal domain. Breathing in, breathing out. 
sensing the body as a presence, using, sensing the body as an organ of perception. Then this is where we're able, second, satipa, second satipatthana is the feeling. Yeah. Now it's very difficult to bear presence with feeling unless you've got an embodied presence there. Normally feeling triggers and our minds jump on it and our emotions move with it. Yeah. I mean, pleasant feeling we go. So this is what the body presence is for, just to create that sense of an anchor. Yeah. Not to do anything with feeling other than just to feel it and remain anchored, remain you know, here with it. And of course, uh, there's bodily feeling, and even more uh, pervasive is mental feeling, the domanasa, somanasa, uh, categories of things we find disagreeable, worrying, irritating, uh, um, disappointing, unright, improper, you know, shouldn't happen to me. This is just lumped up into domanasa. That which you get this negative resonance around. And in Somanasa, that which you find yourself wanting more of. And, okay, there are these pr- properties of feeling. It's this. And you need a body for that. You need embodiment for that. You need that inner core strength for that. Because that doesn't really comment. It doesn't say you should have it or shouldn't have it, that you are it, you're not it, you want to make it go away or you want to make more of it. It doesn't, doesn't do any of that, it just maintains presence. There is mindfulness and clear comprehension of the extent to, to really know and sense there is body. That's the, yeah, just that. And it, that's what we can do, just about. And you broaden that, don't let any of it, whether it's in your mind or in somebody else's, state of affairs, no, the feeling, the feeling affected. Okay, it's not wrong, it's not right, it's just that. What, until there's a truer response than just the, I don't want it to be this way. Until there's a truer response, not the person, the response that comes from chitta, which is always very simple, mm. very simple, direct, and beyond, negoti- beyond negotiation, just say, this is this, mm. we do this, we don't do that. And this doesn't fit, this does fit. This fits me, this doesn't fit. Mm. Or doesn't fit presence. Now, give an example, you know, I find over time just reviewing and, and recognizing the scenarios that I would find myself moving into almost unconsciously with a certain navigate, find myself navigating into. And always the assumption is other, other people, other things got me into it. And it's astonishing how it's always somebody else that's getting me to do it. And of course they change their faces and names, but there's this kind of, <laughs> and uh, so a sense of, I find myself, you know, often taking responsibility for things, you know, doing, doing stuff, taking responsibility for things. Um, that's how, of course, I got to be an abbot of a monastery. I didn't want to particularly, but I was somebody people obviously saw as someone who takes responsibility. So oh, we'll make you the abbot. And that was great in a way, because eventually you get to the point where you begin to see it as something that no matter how much you take responsibility for, you never cover it all, and you're 
people are still unhappy and it still doesn't work and then people start complaining about you. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be unfair, people just did just complain. Certainly not. But uh, and you know, did a lot lot of good and feel very pleased with pleased with that. But but still there's that residual quality of you know, feeling that uh, you can't cover it all. And there's something going wrong. And you should fix it, sort it out, change it. So people will be happy and peaceful and pleased and so forth and comfortable. And always noticing, I'd notice that like in a group, say you've got two over 20 people, 10 people saying nothing, two people saying they're okay, one person having a bad time. It'd be the one person who's having the bad time that I'd be affected by. The rest of it just didn't notice that, yeah. So the incident kind of, then that's my problem. I've got to sort that out. Like 1%, 5%. The mind, here's, a, here's an activity to get activated by, to try and solve. Yeah. So you sit, find yourself CEO of Duca, Duca Cleansing <laughs> Corporation. And of course, it's, it doesn't, even if you wanted to, you can't get into somebody else's mind. And yeah. You know, to see, that's an interesting compulsion, isn't it? A feeling of, you see a lack, you sense the potency of, of dominance in the atmosphere and you, you find yourself reacting to it, often with good intentions. Uh, and then the di- really difficult bit is when you, you do something like that and you put good intentions into the thing, you make a lot of work with somebody and say, you're always interfering. But, 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 you know. Could you give me some space instead? <laughs> oh, okay. All right, you know, okay. And of course, you can feel quite wounded. You know? oh, it's interesting how it comes across to other people. Yeah. Uh-huh. So learn these things. And you see the kind of, as I restrain that tendency to always activate you can see, oh, there's something else underneath that. Underneath that apparent and definite personal goodwill, personal you know, giving quality, underneath it, there's something else. I don't like this feeling of impotence, of not being able to do it. I don't like that. I feel very uncomfortable with that. Impotent helpless quality. Uh Uh-huh, that's interesting. So it's kind of locating a bit of territory in the the consciousness. So, so particularly in communities, you know, there'd be something that needs to be done. uh, Somebody gives a thing about, we need to do this, that and the other, and we need some people to help out, and I'd sit there in silence. And really it'd be great if somebody could just chip in a bit and help out. I'm looking around. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> just can't stand that the sense of this kind of pregnant pause with nobody moving in. Stop doing that. You know, let it fall apart. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. Just practice with that and that kind of I don't like that. The impotence, that non-activity, feels suffocating, feels helpless. Don't like that. Interesting. Where's that? Checking it. And so often if I do that, I'd notice, well, which is a bit of a kind of dull space and then things start to shift and change and somebody does this and somebody does that and this passes when things move on in their own way. Different form arises. Mm-hmm. And one time I got so kind of fed up with it all, at one point I thought, right, that's it, I've had enough. I'm not doing anything. I just go maybe the morning chanting, evening chanting, that's it. 
you know, pout. (laughs) 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 Stay in my cootie and just sit there looking at the birds. Who gives a damn anyway? Did that for two months and nobody noticed. (laughs) 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 Things kind of went on, ticking away in their own sort of people with their own trip doing their stuff and people very noticed I wasn't around very much. We probably thought it was quite pleasant. (laughs) 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 Not me stomping around trying to sort everything out. (laughs) Wow, two months and nobody nobody complained. Wow, you know, how, how irreplaceable are you? Get it? (laughs) How irreplaceable are you? (laughs) Get it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, get it. The world rolls on. Yeah. Now, not to say there shouldn't be any kind of engagement, just that compulsion. Now, I was noticing, you know, I'd have these times when I'd just touch into, you know, you get sort of dark mood or an happy mood, you know, not feeling so good today. Uh, and then I'd just pause on action. And I'd feel this kind of weight, like a grayness, of like a fog, gray fog, at certain points. And particularly, it would occur particularly um, when... You know, one was in some sort of group thing, which was quite pleasant, and then it finished and everybody moved away. And suddenly you were kind of, lit, oh, that was nice, and everybody had gone. And it's particularly around that time, the movement from a pleasant, you know, social, two or three people, happy fe- experience, pleasant feeling, and then they'd move away to do something else. And a sense of, and this shade would come down, like a shadow, loss, loss, bereavement. Now touch into that. What's that? Uh-huh. And it's not, and I th- think well, it's just a passing move. Actually, it's not a passing mood. It's a piece of territory that you drop into, the tendencies in consciousness to experience that grief, sadness, perhaps in a fairly diluted way. That's the domain of course, that people can go into very deeply and very get very, very depressed and suicidal. It's that, that territory, the Stormanasa. Touching into that. And something then after I touched into it a few times over years of just, you know, stopping action, going to this place of impotence, of not being able to do, make things happen, just touch into it. It will get stronger, stronger. Feel really quite agitated. Mm. You can get up and read a book or, no, no, that's not it, stop. No, no, don't go out and do something, stop. Something instincts is to stop, stay with this. Then it's kind of real agitation starting to build up, lost, looking for something. I remember one time just finding a letter. Somebody had written me reading this letter because when I read the words, I could hear their voice. It just gave me enough reassurance. Thinking, what's this? You know, we don't stop. And of course, with that sense of a loss of presence, like just blown out into this foggy domain of uncertainty and, and loss. And one time after a, you know, touching into that area for on and off for a few years it came up again on one particular occasion quite a you know there was considerable triggering for it you know so deeply respected member of the community leaving this real sense of grief and it's okay now just hold this and don't move and I could do it to just maintain presence to stand I said, okay, I could just about made it if I stopped breathing altogether. <laughs> so I actually just breathed out and just held my breath, didn't breathe in. And everything started shaking. Just sustain it, hold it. And then it was like 
the triggering, because the body then is so triggered around not being able to breathe, <laughs> the energy more or less has to shift to that. Yeah, and as I could feel, yeah, that the, the perception of loss or this perception that was there, and yet the triggering couldn't act because it was being activated by suppressed breath, and then gradually, very slowly, letting the breath in, everything shaking back, and then, ah, this gray quality dissipating. Oh, you still feel the sense of, yeah, the absence, and yet, the triggering. Not because one had done anything about it, but uh, radically, you know, that's a pretty radical thing to do, just to come into full presence where you can't respond. So this is just, the, you know, an example of something. And, uh, and this body did that. Normally when we come into these difficult terrains, it could be anxiety, you get slightly panicky, you're at the edge of overwhelm. You're feeling about to overwhelm. And when you get to the edge of overwhelm, you cannot use reason. The only, re- the only thing you can do with reason is just enough reason to say, quick, get to your resource pronto. <laughs> you know, that's, about, that's as much as thinking can take you to. Just do that, you know, don't, don't think twice, get to it, you know. Because when you get into the overwhelm, you're getting to the place where the Anutsaya are sweeping in, and this is like lifetimes of, of potency rushing into the system, you know. Who knows? You know, maybe it's not lifetimes, but it can, it can feel that impersonal, like, who is this? This is not me. I'm basically a quite a okay person, really, you know, in some respects. <laughs> what is this? This is some, something of magnitude sweeping through. And it can be taken personally, with personal details put on it, but it's actually this is transpersonal. This is at the level of psychic formation, the formation of citta as an entity of any kind whatsoever. And it's met by this potency of ignorance, which does not want you to get released. So you, you can't use your personhood because it's bigger than that. You can't use your reasoning because it, it will just twist that around into every reason will come as to why you can't be with this. <laughs> it just captures it. You've got to use something that's uh, just sheer presence and embodiment. Mm. I contemplate some of these things. Some of these things will be uh, feeling everybody, nobody else likes you, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Hostility, inferred hostility. Mm. And you know, you may do all kinds of things to try to make people okay or not notice them, but really, uh, this is a sense of Hostility, feeling something wrong with me. Okay, how is that? How is the feeling of that? What does it do to you? You feel yourself shaking with that? Desperately trying to compensate for that? Dismissing it? Uh, Countering it? Oh, it's just, just having a funny day? No. This is deep stuff. This is psychic stuff. This is early stuff. Beyond reason. Whole presence with that, not, and that's essentially that's the the simplest remedy in this body. The feeling can be felt as a feeling; it doesn't have to translate into a karmic activity. Yeah, the feeling can be felt as this is the dolmanasa touching. And rather than more sankharas coming up to make that another way, we use the intention towards presence. Mm. So the feeling rises up. It rises up. It goes to grab 
and there's nobody there. And it passes. And every time you touch into that a little bit, you know, every time you don't always get it at first, every time you touch into that a bit, you get some things they're going to know, and perhaps one doesn't understand it in one's brain, in one's head at all, but something in your system starts to know that on a kind of gut level. And the next time the panic, the fear, the hostility comes up, you're just a little less rattled, a little less productive of stuff to compensate for it. You run a little less, you, run, you don't run so far. <laughs> and that's the way it goes. You drain these anutsaya. They're not overcoming one shot. But you drain them and you begin to notice this is the potency for it to arise. You know? Here's the potency, there's the potential for it to arise. Yeah. Where you see yourself as the center of the entire world, which is now looking at you. <laughs> you have to sort it out. It's blaming you. There's something wrong. You're the center of, of the entire universe. Uh-huh. <laughs> and nobody else has got anything else to do except look at you and blame you, right? Nobody else has got any other interest in that. <laughs> uh-huh. I know it's crazy, but I believe it too. <laughs> and I was just kind of noticing even relatively, not too long ago, I was teaching, you know, I was on a retreat session and I was teaching as a group of people give a talk and it's somebody sitting on one side and she's gonna, and suddenly she sits down, finish talking. Her mouth goes down and mm. she gets up and walks out. I really get this shudder of uh oh, something wrong. I've done something wrong. Okay, stop. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but what do you know now? You know the shudder of hostility, making a mistake feel that pang in the chest. Strengthen to presence. That's what you can do now. Yeah. A few days later, she says, oh, I'm sorry, I, don't know. I, I just remembered I'd, I'd left something on the stove. I had to go out and just fix something. <laughs> yeah, completely unrelated to the center of the universe, which is me. <laughs> I mean, you know, just this is ego, ego crazy. You know, when you, if you put it like that, you think, what kind of egomaniac is this? But <laughs> there is a universe that you're the center of. <laughs> it's called your mind. And it's not just in your, inside you, it's around you. It's, you know, its potencies are spread out. This is the this is the consciousness element. It's it's all around you. Yeah. In fact, you know you're 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 not separate from that. Everything you're experiencing, you're not a separate object or a separate subject witnessing an object. There's an enfoldment in this consciousness. So things we think are outside, or things we think are inside, are all in the same place. Right. <laughs> Where else is there? Where else is there? Apart from all this holistic domain. So you look out for the signals and the signs and you realize every time you get those shudderings, those ripples, those resonances, whatever it comes from, however much it says you are, or they are, or it is. That's the sankara. That's the thing that's going to keep you locked up. Feel the feeling is a feeling. Feel the jitter state, the panic, the urgency, the despond. As jitter, just that. And embodiment. Here is where that finds a true refuge. true response.
Andamayam Dhamma Kataya Sadhu Kadam Nidham